Hello and welcome to episode 20 of The Brand Lounge, where every Thursday we feature insightful brand stories to showcase the hundreds of ways that businesses are started, the ups and downs of being an entrepreneur, and to reassure you that you are not doing this thing alone. I'm Tammy Heels, your host and founder of Shadowcat Creative, where I'm a personal brand and marketing consultant. And today I am joined again by the lovely Monique Basil-Wright, an organizational expert who has been dubbed the planner queen for reasons we shall soon find out. Welcome back to the show, Monique. It's so wonderful to have you here. Oh, thank you so, so much. I so appreciate being here and talking all things organization and planning. If you guys missed the last episode, be sure to go and check it out because Monique and I were talking all about how to organize your way to success and all the different ways that you can be more productive in your day through the power of organization. But for today, we are talking all about you. We are talking all about Monique and how she started her business and the journey that she's been on to where she is today. Okay, so I would love to start with the story behind your business, Monique. So what was it that inspired you to start The Right Stationery? Yeah, so I've always been a lover of planners and notepads and stationery and pens, like who isn't? Um, But the story goes a little bit kind of back for that so I had my son when I was quite young I was still at school and you had that kind of typical response of you've ruined your life what are you going to do you won't be able to achieve as much or you just won't be able to achieve anything because you know life is over and as the stubborn person that I am knowing that I still had dreams and aspirations and I was going to prove everyone wrong I kind of still kind of pushed and powered my way through and that. I genuinely believe a massive part of that was due to organizing and planning myself and my time and, you know, trying to keep a little human being alive (laughs) and all those bits. So um, I went through to school and college and university and working. And throughout that process, definitely at university, I had to kind of really get a better understanding of how it is that I can work and make things happen, making sure that I was because kind of where lots of people at university were looking at, you know, splashing their student finance and going out and doing all of these different things and kind of like rolling up to lectures in knots or sometimes I had to make sure that I was getting my son to nursery, that I was paying for fees and paying rent and all of these different things. And I had to fit in and make sure I was doing my dissertation and coursework and all of those things and um, managing a household. I genuinely don't believe I could have done as well as I did if I wasn't using a planner, if I wasn't organizing myself and my time. I absolutely love that. So you took something that helped you in the time where it was kind of essential and then found a way to bring your own version to help others. Yes. So that's where it started. And I always found, and I think a lot of people can kind of relate to that. I always found that when you went into, I don't know if anyone remembers Woolworths, loves that place yeah but will <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then going into like paper chase or um waterstones or wh smith and trying to find something that would fit into the different stages of my life as things changed or um fit into the different stages when um something happened and i'm just like this isn't quite working or i never need this section why is it here it's like wasting so much and that's where i ended up starting to design my own templates and i started doing that based on what it is that i needed and based on what was working from the different planners because you can pick something two months later it's collecting dust on your shelf because it's not the right 
all for you. And that's where I started doing it, started doing it and making it for friends and family and gifting it. And then I got to um, December 2017, I believe it was. And there were just so many people that were just like, you can do this. People want to have this service, like you should do it. And then, yeah, I started and I had my first order for like five. Mm -hmm. And one of the most stressful things (laughs) I've ever done, like going from doing something for yourself and doing something for family and friends on that kind of scale to I'm making this a business now. It's... It's a revelation, but it's still scary as anything. <laughs> I'd love to explore that idea a little bit more. So you were designing these to fit around your lifestyle. So how did you then translate that through to your clients? Did you work on a one-to-one basis with them to understand their lives? Or was it more that you were packaging these templates up in a format that they could use? So, um, based on the experience that I had from myself and all the different ways that I had to figure out how to make um, planners work or designing them. Um, And then also the people that I would help kind of as a side or just for free, that experience and knowledge all came together. Um, And then obviously the corporate jobs that I was working in as well, all of the things that you do, the experiences that you pick up, the things that you've had to go through all came together. And what I used to do was sit down with someone and have a bit of a consultation and a chat to work out um, what do you have going on in your life right now? What do you need to keep track of? Um, Again, how do you need to process information? How do you need to view it? And I would then create something from scratch to fit that sort of template. So as people are talking, it's kind of like in my brain, all the different templates are kind of shifting around and designing themselves. Hopefully the creatives can relate. (laughs) How your mind works is slightly different um, to not. But yeah, my brain would just kind of think, oh, they need weekly or they need this and oh, they need to look like this and this is the size that it needs to be and they want to add their branding or they want to add these pretty colours and that's how we kind of put it together. And I, I started out creating individual, bespoke, mostly business branded planners um, for women in business. Amazing. Yeah, I've seen some of the planners that you've done and I've seen a couple of different people's examples and it, it always fascinates me that they are they are literally bespoke to that person, which is just so wonderful because, yeah, I can relate. I am, I, I love stationery. I buy a lot of it. And most of the time I try and restrict myself to notebooks that are blank yeah. or notebooks that are dotted because I like dotted because it's good for doodling. Uh, I mean, sketching in a professional yeah. <laughs> um, rather than lined ones. But I fa- always found with a planner that it will work for a little while. And this is something that we talked about in the last episode. It worked for a little while, but buying a planner for an entire year, I found like it was an investment that I never felt like I was fully going to enjoy for the whole year because it didn't work with the seasons of my world. Yeah, that is such a good point. And I think a lot of people, not just business owners, will kind of have that feeling because how you started the year, and this year is a very good example, (laughs) (laughs) how you started the year isn't necessarily how you will continue on in the different quarters and the middle and the end. And like you're saying, the different seasons that you will go through, the different changes that you go through as a person as well. And that's why with my planners, um, people get to choose 
how they want to go ahead. Some people are adamant they want the whole year. Some people want 18 months. Some people want to try it for a month to see how it goes. And others want it for six months at a time. Um, And I know that some people, um, when they're in the accountancy space, they do it for the tax year or the quarters. Because again, things change, you change, how you will need to plan changes. Yeah, absolutely. I hadn't even considered that actually, because um, like a quarterly planner that's bespoke to you is just such an ideal such an ideal thing to have as a business owner because I remember in like my first year of business and a lot of my clients that I've worked with the first year of business you start off with so many intentions that by the end of the year you grow you change you adapt you know whether there's a world global pandemic going on or not there's so much that happens in that first year of business that where you end up like is either massively accelerated or in a completely different direction to where you were expecting to go. Um, So yeah, that's really interesting that you're using that and, and using your experience and your clients experiences to help form those services, I think is brilliant. So when you started out from your business, were you also working full time? Were you in a corporate when you started or was it just self-employment? Um, So at the time, I was also, um, I'd started another business as a freelance personal assistant or a VA, a virtual assistant, as some people kind of call it. And I'd started that in 2014. um, And that started out of a um, corporate role, because I was uh, going to work, I was also trying to go to university. And I also had a four month old. I don't know. <laughs> okay, so there was a lot going on. <laughs> time was <laughs> Yeah. So it was because you know we'd moved down to the new forest and um, we were living in our house and I had my daughter and yeah she's four months old. Um I had that a feeling of oh I really want to do my conversion to law because that was my plan and September was coming up enrollment and everything else and then I was like oh I need a job that I can do alongside that I don't know that that time optimist thing clearly (laughs) yeah so we talked about time optimism in the last episode where it's just like yeah of course I can fit all of that that week's worth of work into an hour don't be silly yeah Um, oh interesting so because I know I know that you've got your VA business alongside the right stationery. So when it came to making the decision to leave corporate, did you find that quite an easy decision to make or um, kind of what was the steps that you took? Because I think that's something that a lot of listeners have is how do you make that choice, that decision and that step from corporate into self-employment? Yeah. So for a lot of things, I'm a very planned out, be organized type of person, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, But that decision for me was literally made in such a snap when it comes to things like that. (laughs) I know when it comes to things like that, you would think that because it affects obviously your income and your family and different things. Some people kind of like want to take um, more steps to it. They want to have things set up. Uh, some people will do that um, in conjunction with until it gets to a point where maybe it replaces. But um, I was, uh, oh, be the fire up the bum to really make this work, <laughs> to go into that step. And I think it was helpful that I'd already been doing it, I guess, for people on like a f- like a free sort of thing. And it was like, oh, no, actually, I'm going to make this into a business now. Mm-hmm. And then those a uh, few of those people did convert into clients. 
And then I started kind of getting myself out there with networking and that kind of built on top of it as well. But for me, it was just, uh, I don't want to do this. I don't want to leave the house before the lights comes out, before my kids are awake and get back when they are having dinner and going to bed. I don't want the continued of they're spending more time at school and with a childminder than they are at home or a week will go by and I swear my kids would have grown like a foot (laughs) like where did that happen so all of these different things for me where it just wasn't feeling right it's not what I want out of life it's not what I want like when it got to the end of the week and the month it's not where I wanted to be so I was just like yeah I've had enough of that let's move on (laughs) So it's it was really quite interesting because yeah. um, I think that, as you said, like the, I was expecting, like you know, this is the assumptions on my side. I was expecting, like, well, you know, I planned it out and I've made the decision, and it made like the number of people that I've spoken to where I'm like, how did you take that step? Because for me, it felt very much like. I was working towards and organizing and planning towards a step. And then all of that changed in a heartbeat. And like I handed in my notice in a day that I wasn't expecting to do it. And I feel like that's actually quite common. Um, And one thing that I'd like to just kind of say for the listeners that I've realized through these episodes is that actually, once you've made that decision that self-employment is an option, like that decision comes quite quickly. It doesn't take much, I think. And I'm sure that, you know, you're nodding along. I think that you can relate to this, right? It's like, it doesn't take much for that decision to be made in a heartbeat. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like there's lots of things that go into it, kind of in your mind, your subconscious, or things that are happening on a regular basis that kind of keep building up. And then once you figure out the route that you're looking for is to run your own business and create your own flexibility and how you want to work and how you want to earn, it's kind of, it does feel like that snap, I've had enough. But all of the other things were kind of building up of not wanting to be doing this, leaving at this time. Or for example, you want to go to your child's um, school play, but you can't because you're there and your boss is going out to play tennis. <laughs> Just like, you know. Little things like that where you're just like, how is this even a thing? And yeah, once you you kind of have that kind of catalyst or that moment where it's just like, this is what I'm going to do. And it's quite quick, but there's probably other things that are going on that kind of feed into that where you then make it. But yeah, like you said, once you make it, that's it. (laughs) It's really interesting, isn't it? Because I think that we put a lot of grandiose around making that decision. Like it's going to be this epic moment where the stars have aligned and like the weather is right and it's going to be like this slow build to make that choice when actually when you think about it every decision is a moment and all it takes is that one moment for you to go no I'm done and whether that's no I'm done I am ready I want to go forth this is the right thing for me or whether it's like no I'm done I don't want any more of this it has to be better like whichever side that you fall on it is just a moment. So if you're sat there thinking, how do I decide? I think sometimes the decision will be made for you and sometimes you just need to make it. It That's yeah. all it is. All it is, it's just that moment. <laughs> um, cool. That's really cool. And when it came to um, starting your second business alongside your uh, your main business, when you made that decision, how did you... Um, how did you envision running the two businesses alongside each other? 
Yeah, so for me, because um, both sides have that element of helping and organising people, they felt quite in sync with each other. Um, But I always knew and still know that stationary and helping people in that way is a massive passion of mine. And it's not something that's going to go away. Even if I later on decide that I want to stop it as a business, I know that I will still continue to do it um, as just me anyway, which I have no plans to do that, but I'm just saying if, you know, (laughs) but yeah. So uh, for me, one of the things that was really important to consider is the fact that one was a service-based business and one was a product-based business. So I had certain confidence in areas of I've run a business before. I am running a business right now. I know the different things like, you know, going to get the support, whether it be from coaching or joining a group or different things like that. Mm -hmm. I know the certain steps that I wish I would have done or had in the first business to kind of help to guide me. But then also knowing that a product-based business is very different to a service-based one and trying to navigate the space and finding, okay, what support, what research, what help do I need to get to help me on that side because there are things like profit margins and ordering stock and um, kind of planning ahead for like you plan ahead anyway with kind of all the things that you do but with the product side of things you're trying to plan for certain um, times throughout the year like September is a really big time and December is a really big time um, the summer holidays when people are coming back from that and yeah it's just keeping all of those things in mind and you can know one side of it the service-based side, but yeah, definitely. Or if you're going from uh, product-based into service or running too along, it's just those little differences to consider um, and keep in mind that it won't be exactly the same, but you'll know what you're doing. Yeah, I think that that's a really important point as well, because I, especially this year, I think has seen a lot of service-based businesses switching to offer digital products or yeah. offering products. And Um, I mean, this is something that I've come up against in my business as well is like, who do I want to serve? Do I want to serve service-based businesses or product-based businesses? And at the start, I was like, it doesn't matter. I can help anyone when actually exactly what you were saying then, my knowledge is much better spaced with service-based because there are nuances and things that you need to account for in product-based businesses that I'm just not versed in. So. Yeah, absolutely. And things like having space and being able to keep physical products somewhere and fulfillment things and all of the rest of it. I think that it's really important if you are looking at setting up a product based business, like you said, to do that research and speak to others like it is a new business to establish kind of the bits and the little gaps in your knowledge where things are different. Yeah. So yeah, there's lots of elements that are in sync with each other. And um, I don't see an end to either side. I see kind of um, things evolving and changing and moving forward. But um, at the moment, I'm really enjoying the product side of things and creating and making and working with people to um, have that planning tool for them or the support that they need alongside of it. And then also the elements of um, supporting people from the admin side or the running your business side or um, kind of like helping to be the doer or facilitating the doing so that they can focus on obviously making the money and doing what they love. Yeah, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And I know that we've talked a lot around kind of some of the uh, challenges that you faced along the way when you were starting your businesses and making those decisions, but are there any key successes that have happened along the way that really took you by surprise that you weren't expecting? 
I think uh, the the realization through people coming to me of this is actually a thing. <laughs> like people <laughs> actually want my thing of what I'm doing. I feel like a lot of business owners will have that feeling no matter how big you get or what you're doing, you'll still have those moments of, oh my God, they're like buying my thing or they want to work with me or this is actually making a difference. Even though you know your stuff, even though you know what you're doing, even though you have belief in the kind of service or product that you're providing, you still have that moment of, oh my God, I'm doing it. Oh my God, they want my stuff. Oh my God, it's working. And that is like a huge revelation for me when it happens. Um, and the fact that people are looking for that, that service and products, there's kind of like elements to both sides of, um, something with their branding, something that business that they worked so hard to create and have, having that bespoke thing for them designed around them rather than having to go order like a hundred or whatever it is, or getting organized. And it's like, I'm a part of that. I'm a part of that for them in their achievements. Yeah. That's like one of the big things for me. That's such one. That's such a wonderful answer as well, because it's, it's like you, you know why you're doing it. And then to see that impact being reflected back to you through the work that you're doing. And I think everyone who runs a business understands that little happy dance you do when someone signs up. (laughs) And absolutely, that should be, you know, you should celebrate every single person that works with you because, you know, this is why we're doing business. And whether it's like something that you've chosen to do an offer for free or a lower cost or something that you're doing at a high end or a product, whatever it is, at whatever stage, celebrate the hell out of everything because, you know, this is amazing (laughs) that, you know, people are investing their time and their future and you get to be a part of that. It's such a special, special thing to be a part of, whether it's a Christmas planner, whether it's a big planner, whether it's one of the bigger packages, I literally do a little jiggle for every single one. (laughs) It all just just goes back to that thing of I'm doing something, I'm helping someone, I am making a difference in some way, whether it's helping someone plan to have the best Christmas or have the best year, it doesn't matter. You're making an impact to someone somewhere. Yeah, I think that that's just wonderful. And when you look back at your business from where you started, like both your businesses from where you started to now, does it surprise you at how much your business has changed? Or do you feel like it's pretty much on track from where you were intending to be from the beginning? Oh, so much change. So, so, so much change. Because you start from this place of not knowing, um, unless you've done like lots of research. And even then, all the research in the world would not prepare you for things happening in real life and the the things that come up with that. And it's just, it's, um, it's kind of like that journey that you go on of going through the process, going through the things, and then situations around you happening and then it just evolving, evolving in what you want, evolving in what people want from you, like the audience that you're serving and how they evolve as well. Because it's not just about how you're evolving, it's about the people that you're serving and how are they evolving or has it just changed into a completely different person and you're going through that transition. Um, and then from the doing and things happening, you also figure out actually I don't really like doing this. I want to do something else or I only love this bit and that's what I want to focus on and carry. And then some people just completely pivot completely and they're just doing something 100% different from what they even started out with or um, imagined that they would be. 
Yeah, it's really interesting to see how businesses develop because like you said, there are so many different ways and like there isn't one right way of doing it or wrong way of doing it or anything like that. I think when you start your business, you're probably very clear on what you want your life to look like from the place that you're starting. Yes. And I think that we need to make sure that we're keeping an eye on how our ideal goals are changing as the place where we're looking at them from like the view that we're looking at them from may be completely different to the view from where we were when we started because like you said those first few happy dances that you're doing in the kitchen when you get your first few clients (laughs) to maybe in three five years time when you're like I actually have regular consistent income but now I want more or now I want to do something different or now I want to launch something new it's, um, yeah, it's really interesting. I love those reflective questions to find out where people were kind of expecting their business to go. And one of the questions that I started asking when I did the first few episodes of this podcast is kind of, where do you see your business going in the future? But it's such a weird question to ask when it could look like anything. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, it could change. And it's good to have a plan obviously uh, a plan of what it is or kind of obviously have that direction of where you're going in but don't be afraid if that changes don't be afraid if it's not exactly what you planned out be open to changes and possibilities and opportunities that are presenting themselves as you're going along because when I think back to when I first started either one of them I never even imagined in my wildest dreams that I'd be in this position here, even though I'm like, oh, I've got more and I want to do this and I want to do that right now. Looking back at where I started to now, I didn't like, I didn't think about it being achievable or accessible. In my brain, I was like, I'm doing one order at a time. I'm doing this. I want to do this. I have these goals, but kind of like, okay, let's see what happens. Because at the end of the day, life is going to be life and it's just going to happen. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I think like 2020 is a great in like a great learning experience as well. I mean, yeah, it's been a shit show, but it's been a learning experience. <laughs> the fact that anything can happen, and that could be positive, that could be negative. It could be technological developments because I mean, this year I think has seen more people communicate online than ever before. Yeah, because. Previously, if you had the choice in 2019, listeners, when someone was like, hey, do you want to hop on a video call? That feeling of terror in your stomach when you're like, oh God, no, I don't want to have my face looking at someone else's face over a phone and having a chat. That's ridiculous and horrific. Whereas now it's like, should we hop on a Zoom? Yes, let's. Let's do a quiz. You know, (laughs) like technology will develop and change and um, social media and marketing platforms will develop and change. So with the best one in the world, you can be crystal clear on where you're going to be in three years time, but you're going to need to adapt at some point. Yes, 100%. It's always having that plan that allows for flexibility of uh, your time and your schedule, the people around you and the things that are just happening in the world and being realistic with what you can control and what you can't control. Um, and kind of just, as much as I love planning and organizing, it's also going with the flow when that needs to be done as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think it goes back to what we were saying previously around being kind to yourself as well. Yeah. Have that flexibility. Like a plan is a great guide, but it can't be so rigid that it makes your life 
difficult. Yes, definitely. Brilliant. I would love, love, love to talk a little bit more around kind of, I mean, you're a very visual person. I'm a very visual person. Love to talk around your branding. So when it comes to your brand, I mean, there's the brand strategy, which is the why and your values and everything behind the brand, which I know that you're very passionate about. So let's kind of start there. When you were defining what you wanted your brands to stand for, was that something that you found quite easy to do or was it something that's developed over time? Um, so it's, I think it's always been the same, but there's certain elements of it that has developed through the people that I have worked with, the projects that I'd love to work on and the projects that didn't quite align with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I went along, it's kind of figuring out what, what is the purpose? What is the intention? What is the point how do I want that person to feel and how are they actually going to feel? Um, because we do a lot of talking of what you think, but it's also really good to go to that actual person and figure out how they actually felt in that and what their perception is, because that's going to be one of the imp- really important parts of it. It's all well and good you sitting there thinking, oh, I'm going to plan this out. This is what's going to look like. This is what they're going to feel, da, da, da. But then when you actually put it out there, you need to know what that reception actually was and how it's going to work. And no matter what happens, I always want people to feel that sense of calm, like someone's got them. And that is rooted in how I felt when I was going through that process at university and working where I had to kind of be, I had to have myself, (laughs) if that makes sense. I had to be that person and that thing for myself. My planner was that thing for me. And I just, obviously I appreciate going through that process because it's gotten me to where I am right now. But there's a part of you just like, I really wish I had a Monique for myself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, to have that for for myself. But yes, always going back to how I want the to feel like I've got you you're not alone um you don't have to try and force yourself to fit into this mold or whatever it is you can live the way that you want in the method that works for you in the lifestyle that works for you not trying this thing that doesn't work and just also having that level of boldness having that level of kind of like quirky and funny and cheeky and but then also being very elegant and lovely and nice and feminine so it's all of these different things and trying to put it together and um putting it out there and hoping that that's what they feel but also checking is that what they're feeling I love that I love that you've developed your brand values around the feelings that you want to elicit and I think that that is you know, it's absolutely key because I think values get banded around a lot as like buzzwords. Yes. So it's like, oh, I'm honest, I'm creative, I'm modern. When actually, you know, two out of three of those I think are essential for any business <laughs> that you hold up to say, hey, I'm honest. It's like, congratulations. I'm so glad you're not going to steal my money. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but for you, having that boldness and that I got you and you know, I'm here for you. And this is for you as an individual, like building a business around those values is going to have so much more connection and impact and make it easier for you as a business owner to market because they are something that people can instantly connect with. So yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. Thank you for sharing that. Um, And now my my fun one as well, Uh, when it came to visually branding your business, what did you do with that at the different stages? Did you start off by doing it yourself? Did you outsource it? 
I mean, I know that then you went on to work with Becky Lord, who is just an incredible brand designer. <laughs> My goodness, <laughs> her, her Instagram feed. If, you, if you're not familiar, go and check out um, Becky Lord for her brand design because it's just, her feed is just beautiful. But when you were starting out, did you, did you start out by designing it for yourself because you are quite a creative person? Um, I will start by saying I didn't do anything. I didn't have any brand. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> I just being one hundred percent honest here. I literally had no branding. I had kind of for the uh, VA side of things or the freelance PA side of things. I had like a bit of a logo that I'm pretty sure I'd like. Oh, you know, I'm into writing and I'm into organizing, so a pen nib needs to go in there. And I like the little circle, semi moon thing. So let's throw that in there together as well. And kind of put it together. I cannot even tell you where I put that together. It was so long ago, and I don't know what black hole I had gone down in researching logos. (laughs) (laughs) And then eventually, I got to the point where um, I kind of got a better understanding um, of oh, you can't just just pick some random thing. Like put a little bit of thought into it, and then from there, getting someone to kind of make it look a bit nicer and a bit smooth and a bit more feminine, adding colour because I remember it was all grey, like different shades of grey. Nothing wrong with grey. I'm a massive lover of grey. <laughs> but just it was just that kind of progression that you could see of grey to colour and being more brave and bold. And then from there, kind of adding some other bits to it. But it was just like looking back, I had zero understanding of branding and what it means and the different depths and layers mm. and color psychology and just all sorts of different things and seasons. Honestly, there's so many different layers to everything that you're doing that I, I 100% highly recommend doing it with a professional. Uh, <laughs> Just, I, I completely understand businesses being in a place where they feel like they don't have that income to invest or they're not sure which, um, where to invest in first. Is it the photography? Is it a website? Is it your branding? But I 100% believe that you should invest in doing that branding process really well because it will be the foundation for a lot of different areas of your business. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something that I see when someone comes to me and they want to have a branded planner and I go, okay, brilliant. Do you have X, Y, Z in this format? And can you give me your brand guide with this information? And then they send me a JPEG and I'm like, I don't, I don't know what you want me to do with this. (laughs) What am I going to do here? (laughs) I can relate, you know. (laughs) I find it really interesting though, because I think that you've hit on one of the most important and most underrated aspects of visual branding is that it makes it easier for you to work with other businesses. Yes, so important. And I didn't even realize or understand that element until I started hitting this kind of problem when I was doing what I was doing. I want to create these really beautiful planners that are also functional for that person but I was just like I don't know how to make a grainy jpeg beautiful and work yeah and um realizing as well this um this issue that I've realized coming up a lot where people either do something in something like Canva or just pick something off of line or um, buy something that's a template and then just maybe add a little bit and then not having the full access to the vector files or the different formats or knowing what the colors are and then 
that person who did it for them or when they did it themselves, they can't remember where they went back to. And again, no judgment here because I've done it myself. <laughs> um, but it's just that not having that pack. And so I think it's so important. I love that you do this as well of what you should have from a graphic designer at the end of working with them and how things should be and how they should look to be effective. Because if not, you get yourself into a real pickle and it doesn't come up until again, when you want to get business cards made, when you want to get printed things done, when you want to get a bespoke planner or um, you want someone's asking for your logo to put in something or a headshot and you just don't have these things and you can't trace your way back to where you got them, it can cause a bit of a pickle. Um, and I think it's something that people should really, yeah, get, get professional help guys. Just do it. (laughs) A brilliant message in all aspects of life. Um, (laughs) But I do, I do absolutely agree with you. And I think like your branding should be seen as a toolkit that facilitates other things. I mean, as much as it is wonderful just to have branding, to have a visual presence that is just jaw-dropping yeah. and establishes trust and all of the rest of the things that I will talk about again and again and again so I won't cover them all again here but equally it is a toolkit to enable you like things like um doing this podcast episode having headshots sent across so having professional brand photography even if it's just a handful of photos can really open up your world to present you in a professional context in other areas that you may be yeah. not thinking about um, so how did you find the experience of working with another brand designer from a business point of view? Did you find that it made you as a business owner feel more connected with your with your business through your brand? It I felt more in line with everything. I felt like everything flowed. I felt like I had that foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like I didn't have to keep going back and searching. I didn't have to keep coming up with something from from scratch. Um, I felt like it all made sense. It I I, I felt understood. Mm-hmm. I felt seen, and I felt like what was being produced was in line with what I wanted to go forward with, and I felt proud. To have it so when someone asked for these different things I could be like yep I've got that <laughs> or, yeah, I can do that and when I want to create things for myself so I use a lot of my branding and things that have been created to design my own products and uh, things that I have in my store or to use as a basis for um, ideas like if you want to like you know have a creative moment going back to that and knowing that I'm taking it from there and going forward, I'll know that whatever I come up with, again, will still always be in line and coming from that foundation and not just like from scratch, a random color palette that I found on Google. So yeah, I just, yeah, it's really important. And finding someone that you can click with, uh, finding someone who has the experience in whatever industry is that you're working in because they will have that insight that you may not necessarily have. Um, Finding someone that you can... Uh, vibe with connect with whatever the term is that you prefer (laughs) finding that person because you want to be able to say to someone what it is that you've got going on if you like something if you don't but also getting their expertise knowledge in your thing or your area that you're working in so yeah also I can't stress enough if you're going to go for branding please go professional and get it done right like honestly it makes my heart hurt sometimes when someone comes and they just have literally that one jpeg image and you're just like have to work some sort of miracle and I'm like do you know what before you even come to me I highly suggest that you actually go and speak to 
a designer that can help you from there before you even look at anything else then we can get you sorted with the organization yeah I love that and I think like there's a huge amount of stuff that you've covered there which is absolutely 100% on point and I don't think I can say it any better so um yeah I think that that's a really good insight into just what that investment can do for you yeah and I think that as well it's worth adding that it is essential that you understand the values and the strategy like the intention behind your business before you get to the stage of going for your visual branding as well because otherwise it's going to be really difficult to be able to visually articulate that um I would also I really am interested in how you grew your business through marketing now I'm aware that there are hundreds of different ways that you've probably marketed your business over the course of the time that you've been growing them but is there one particular method or one particular strategy that you found that has been most beneficial for your business growth networking 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 (laughs) I can't stress this enough (laughs) Even if, whether you're doing it um, in person, whether you're doing it online, networking, I cannot stress enough, making those connections, building those relationships with people. Like I have the most bizarre stories and different links that I've created literally through networking. Like um, finding one of the networking groups that I'm in led to another networking group that's more for creatives. And then I met someone who does prints and then helps me with the printing of some of my planners. And then we did a giveaway together. And then I got connected with someone who is now my client. And it's just (laughs) all like, honestly, like when you trace back all of those different things and then you get exposed to people that you wouldn't necessarily normally do if you weren't, um, you make connections with people who... They, they're not your ideal client, but they know of lots of people who are, and they can get you connected. Um, and they can, when people, you network with people and you build that relationship and they get to know you. And I know lots of people go on about this, the know, like, and trust factor. It, it builds that reputation for you as well versus just being like one of the many, many people just online putting things out there. It's you're doing it, but doing it with purpose. You're doing it to connect. You're doing it to network. You're doing it to add value. You're doing it to provide a service or a product, not just kind of shouting on a platform, trying to be the loudest, noisiest, boldest person. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely agree. I mean, we met through a networking group as well. Um, I grew my business in the early stages when I launched back in 2017. I think if it hadn't been for networking, I don't, I honestly don't think that I would have a business now. Um, not, and it wouldn't any, it would definitely not be in the same kind of format and it really helps you grow as a person. So for any of the listeners that are up there that are at the beginning and they're like, networking seems terrifying. Like I had crippling social anxiety. Like I would feel so anxious and ill before every networking event because I just felt so nervous. But now like I'm running a podcast, like I do weekly lives in my Facebook group and I go networking slightly less regularly at the moment because you know zoom but you know in person networking was one of my favorite things to do within my business so you know if you're sat there thinking that that's a million miles away from wherever you could be start networking in certain facebook groups like monique said find a couple of groups find your tribe whatever it is 
whoever it is that you want to connect with, there are plenty out there. Um, I'm a member of the Coven as well, which is a wonderful community. We interviewed Sapphire, we, the Royal We. I interviewed Sapphire recently, (laughs) who runs the Coven. There are so many groups out there where you can find your space and you can find your people. So yeah, I'm a huge advocate for networking as well. And I think that there are so many lovely ways that you can do it now as well. Yeah, it's not just restricted to going to an in-person event or being on in Zoom or something like that. There's so many different platforms. It's not to say, it's not to dismiss kind of being on Instagram, Facebook or anything like that. It's just when you're on those platforms, you are still continuing to network, build those relationships and kind of bring people into you, your business and what it is that you're offering. It's just, yeah, especially when you're starting out and feel like you don't know much, you don't know a lot of people in business networking is so key because then you meet people who can help you with a particular thing, who can direct you in a different way, who help to influence you for the better or help you to kind of reaffirm you know what it is that you want and what you're doing. So yeah, networking, I will preach this forever and always, networking. (laughs) I agree. I absolutely agree. And I think like you made a very good point. It's not to replace things like Instagram and Facebook or whatever marketing tools that you use, email or anything like that. But I feel like it is a very good, a very supportive kind of, um, like not alternative, but to run alongside. Because if you think about it this way, like if you have a hundred likes on an Instagram photo or even 10 likes on an Instagram photo that is nothing to do with your face, like, and then you meet one person in person and you have a genuine conversation and um, actually connect with each other in a, in a different way, like those 10 people are not going to remember you as much as that one person will. Yeah, for sure. And like, I remember when I first started, same as you, all of my business came from networking and referrals. So people would work with me or they'd see me often at networking events and knew exactly what I did to then be able to pass it on to other people. And it's through that as well. And then bringing all the other things alongside it that you continue to grow and evolve and yeah, works brilliantly. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's a brilliant, brilliant bit of advice from a marketing point of view. So looking at your business journey on the whole and looking at everything that we've kind of discussed today, what would be the key piece of advice that you'd like to share with the listeners? Um, you you can do it. You 100% can definitely do it. Um, there's always going to be hard work involved. But when you know your why and what you're doing, everything, you will make that way to figure it out and get it done. Um, And don't try to do all the things all the time on your own. Reach out, get that support. Again, whether it's through networking, whether it's through joining groups, whether it's um, having a business buddy or whatever it is, just don't try and be on your own doing everything. Yeah, I think that that's brilliant advice. And yeah, I, I'm a huge advocate for finding your community or even if that community is one other person, like that's yeah. cool. <laughs> um, perfect. Uh, that's kind of brought us around to the end of the episode today, which is absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing so much of your journey with us. Um, where can the listeners find you online, Monique? Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me and listening. Um, it's been great to be able to share that with um, the wider world. And I can be found on Instagram at the right stationery and again, e, <laughs> e for envelope um, with the stationery and also on my website, therightstationery.co.uk. 
Perfect. Brilliant. What I'll do is I'll pop all of the links in the show notes as always. So if you listeners would like to go and see some more of Monique and her beautiful work, then you can find her online. And tune in next week where we'll be talking all about brand positioning and how that can make you stand out even in a crowded marketplace. So until then, I'd love to hear your thoughts about your business journey. So head on over to our Instagram or Facebook community where we can continue the conversation in the Brand Lounge.